The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, everyone. This is Galen McDowell, the Executive Minister, Senior Assistant Minister, and Director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. I'm still in the midst of my series that I'm going to be in for a long time, which is Exploring Asking It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And this series focuses primarily on the law of attraction and how to work it in your life. And I do want to add that I did an extra lesson on this topic on my, uh, not on my, on my church's Facebook page. So if you go back and you look at the Christ Universal Temple Facebook page, uh, on what day was that? I'm trying to remember now. What lesson was that? I did it on the 18th, Tuesday, April 18th. I did a lesson, uh, an extra lesson. So make sure that you go to Facebook or the Christ Universal Temple, which is, of course, the ministry where I am the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and director of the Johnny Coleman Institute. Go on that lesson and you'll discover some really good stuff. So I want to make sure I get that out of the way. So today I'm going to jump into the book again. Today I'm only doing one chapter, which is chapter 13. And chapter 13 is allow your feelings to be your guide. Now, this is an interesting uh, way of looking at it because one of the things that we're taught in the new thought movement is the thoughts lead feeling. And when and part of the conditioning of the mind is conditioning the subconscious. But they're using feelings from a perspective of getting in tune with where you are vibrationally, which I like. I think it's a different angle. And, you know, even though they don't use the terminology all the time, like conscious mind, subconscious mind, things of that nature, they're consistently going back to thought, feeling, thought, feeling, thought, feeling. Because from our perspective, thought and feeling create the mental equivalent. They drill down on the thoughts being the point of attraction. New thought would drill down on it saying that the thought and the feeling create the point of attraction. Sometimes just semantics, sometimes just ways of looking at things. But I do want to just point out that what they're saying is very similar to what Reverend Ike would say when he said feelings get the blessing, which he got from Neville Goddard, which is feeling is the secret which has been taught through the years by all of the spiritual sages who understood how to manifest good in your life. So we're going to jump right into it, which is page 65. I hope you bought the book and you're working along with me. So chapter 13, allow your feelings to be your guide. Allow your feeling to be your guide. And again, this is coming from the perspective that your feelings will let you know your level of being in alignment or out of alignment with your good. All right. So. So first thing it starts off by saying another important premise that is valuable to remember is that you are a physical extension of source energy and that. An ex- and, and that an eternal stream of source energy flows to you and through you and that it is you. 
the stream flow before the physical being that you know as you was born, and it will continue to flow once the physical being that you know as you experiences, you know, as you experiences what you call death. I don't know why I'm fumbling over these words right now, but it's all good. All right. So what it's saying is you're an individualized expression of the one presence and one power that we call God. They're using the term source energy. And not only are you an expression of it, an extension of it, you are it expressing at your level of understanding. So when you see things like in the Bible, it says you're made in the image and likeness of God, or you're the temple of the living God and the spirit of God dwells in you, or ye are gods and all these different types of terms. You are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. It's a reminder of your value and what you're connected to, who you are in God and who God is in you. You have to remember that because you're going to bump up into things in the world that will try to convince you that you're less than who you are. Now, I'm not going to call those things bad or wrong or anything else other than misinformed. Many people are misinformed and misinformed information once taken on can become widespread. And in humanity, we've taken on the widespread belief that there's something wrong with us, you know, versus what is radically right about us. And every time I go to a funeral that is not a new thought funeral, either I'm officiating or someone, one of my colleagues are officiating, uh, you know, I tend to hear the the script of the, the the miserable sinner and the great God versus being made in the image and likeness of that wonderful and magnificent God and showing up here with a purpose and showing up here to express God's attributes, God's love, God's wisdom, God's peace, joy, and harmony, substance, and all this good stuff. We just hear the center conversation versus the transformation conversation. So I assume that if you're listening to my podcast, you are more aligned with the transformation conversation, with the oneness with God conversation, with the empowerment conversation. All right. Okay. All right. So the book goes on to say, your emotions let you know how much source energy you are summoning in this moment by virtue of the desire you hold in this moment. Now, so if you can hold on to a desire very strongly, you create a a very strong mental magnet for your good. You know, one of the things that I do when I teach this subject, just purely from a new thought perspective, is I focus on the word concentration. Because concentration is a very powerful word. And when you can learn to focus, when you can learn how to concentrate on an idea, on a concept, on a desire, you pull the spiritual, mental, and physical resources necessary to produce the idea. But that requires concentration. You know, it 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 reminds me of a movie in I love my Kung Fu movie, so I know some people who listen to this this podcast are, you know, don't watch the action flicks like I do. 
But in Kill Bill Part Two, I can remember when the woman was learning how to do the one inch punch and she would put her hand on the piece of wood and would punch the wood. And after a while, of course, her hand was starting to hurt. And the teacher hit her hand and said, uh, you fear the wood, and the, but the wood should fear you. It was a shift in perspective. It was a shift in perspective of, of knowing that you have the ability and the power to do this. But what do you believe? So she had to concentrate all of her physical force in those few inches to, to break the large piece of wood. And sometimes we want massive demonstrations without the ability to concentrate on the idea. You want healing. Can you concentrate and meditate and pray and think and feel and stay on the idea that God is my health? I can't be sick. Or you're so focused on prosperity that you're just in the space of, you know, I'm a child of an abundant God and all that the Father has is mine. And just stay there. You know, I can remember when I first came to Christ Universal Temple, Reverend Coleman used to have uh, people uh, selling in the bookstore and the person who used to make them, uh, she's not around anymore. I'm not saying she's deceased, but she's not around. They used to have these license plate frames. And on the license plate frames, uh, it read, prosperity is my birthright. And it was something that Reverend Coleman was trying to drill into people's minds. Prosperity is my birthright. I'm supposed to prosper. Why? Because I showed up. It's my birthright. Just like in a, in a few days, uh, Prince Charles is going to officially become King Charles in England. As I'm recording this, just like that, he was born into that royal family. Now, that's a human family lineage, which has nothing to do with me. But from a spiritual perspective, you were born, you are a product of the spiritual lineage of meaning that you are a, the divine creation and image and likeness of the creator. And all that the father has is mine, just like that prodigal son story that Jesus told when he told the self-righteous older brother who was upset because he didn't get the benefits of the younger brother who messed up. And he said, you know, the older brother said, I didn't get the fatty calf. I didn't get a party with my friends so I can have fun. How come you gave all these things to this guy who went away and wasted your, your, uh, his inheritance? And now he comes back and he gets the, the ring on his finger. He gets the new shoes. He gets the robe. He gets the party. He gets the fatty calf. What's going on, dad? And the father said to the older brother, you could have had that anytime you wanted. All that is mine is yours. All that is mine is yours. The question is, how do you see yourself? How do you feel about it? One of the best questions you can ask anyone when it comes to success is a simple question, is this simple question. Do you see it? Do you see it? Can you see it? <laughs> 
ask them when they start talking about their goals and dreams. Okay, can you see it? Can you see yourself experiencing it? Do you see yourself living in living into it? Can you see it? Can you see it? This is the job of the leader. That when a leader is is trying to move the people from one space to another, what they have to do is sell a vision. They have to they have to help people see what they see. That's key. All right. Now back to the book. Page 66. When you really, really want something and you are thinking about your desire and feeling pleasure from the thought, your thought vibration is now in alignment with your desire and your current and the current from your source is flowing through you toward intended desire with no excuse me flowing toward your intended desire with no restriction or resistance we call that allowing so what it's saying is this when you get to the space to where you're really clear about what you want i call that clarity of thought and you really can accept it in faith conviction deep in the feeling nature you are allowing it to happen you're creating the space for divine law, God as divine law, God as divine substance, God as the invisible supply to provide it. I can never forget 26, 27 years ago when uh, the former executive minister here uh, and assistant minister, Reverend Evelyn Boyd, said to me, well, she didn't say just to me, she said it in the class, you know, do you have room for what it is you say you want? And she used the example of a person saying they wanted all new furniture in their house. And she says, a big truck from Sears Roebuck and Company, that was the term she used at the time, this was the 90s, pulls up. Nothing but new everything for your home. Will there be space for them to bring it in there? See, sometimes we're praying for that which we want, and there's no space for allowing it. This is why things like forgiveness, release, and working on your consciousness to not hold on to the debris and shifting your attention from what you don't want to what you do want matters so much. Because if there's no space for allowance, you're out of alignment vibrationally. Say you want something, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's like I, I teased and I've said this on the show before me teasing a female friend saying, you know, that she wanted a relationship. And I was like, well, you don't go nowhere and do anything where well, you're going to meet this guy. Is this guy going to drop the guy through your roof? Sometimes people say they want something and then when it's, but they, they're not in a space of allowing. Are you allowing good to happen? Are you allowing ideas of good to evolve in you? Are you allowing blessings to happen? Are you stuck in your own head with your own reasons? And because you can't see how it's going to happen, because you can't accept the possibility, there's no allowance. I often say, Quoting Neil Donald Walsh, 
somebody's going to condition your mind, it might as well be you. And the majority of this spiritual work, if not all of it, is one, choosing your good consistently. Two, releasing what doesn't work. And three, conditioning your mind for success and transformation. Real simple. But you got to stay on it and then stay on it and then stay on it. All right, back to the book. When your emotions are strong, whether they feel good or bad, your desire is strong. When emotions are weak, your desire is not so strong. So I'm going to use a different word for desire right here because I want it to land. But first of all, let me just be clear from a new thought perspective. We teach that desire is God's uh, divine impulse prodding your soul. You know, we would say knocking on the door of your soul as a metaphor, saying this is what's possible for you. This is the good that's possible. Now, but I'm going to use a different word for just for this. How passionate are you? Just passionate. To the point to where, to, to where it's consuming. And I know that sometimes consuming is normally used in a way that's negative, but I want you just to be in a space of I am all in in the demonstration of this good. It's what I see. It's what I feel. It's what I talk about. I feel it in my body vibrationally. I feel connected to it. When I go to sleep, I dream about it. Like all in. All in. All in. So when you're not all in on what it is you say you desire, now your attracting power is weak, your point of attraction. This is saying when your emotions are weak, your desire is not so strong. All right. So it says when emotions feel good, whether they are strong or weak, you're allowing the fulfillment of your desire. That is true. But the stronger it is, the more attraction power it has. When emotions feel bad, whether they are strong or weak, you're in a state of disallowing the fulfillment of your desire. So when you're when you when 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 you are frustrated, anxious, fearful, angry, depressed, resigned, nothing wrong with the range of human emotions. Just recognize that those things are not in alignment with your good. They're telling you something is wrong. Something is wrong. Ring the alarm. I need to address it. Why? Because those things not only do something to you mentally and vibrationally, but they do something to you mentally. I mean, physically. Your body chemistry changes when you're angry. And that might be necessary depending on the situation. I'm not saying that it's not. You might be protecting yourself you know, from harm and whatever. But if you stay at that state, your body is not feeding parts that needs to be fed. You know, let me use the example that uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton uses. He said that, you know, uh, you know, we have the fight or flight response. This is a, um, the gist of what he said. We have the flight or fight or flight response. And in that fight or flight response, that was built for when the 
saber-toothed tiger or something else was chasing us. But now there's no saber-toothed tiger. So when, when we're not in those responses, the body starts saying, okay, you don't need blood flow to your stomach and intestines. What difference is your, does it make if your food is digested or not if you've been eaten by a saber-toothed tiger? So is the immune system, the nervous system, the brain, et cetera, those things aren't necessarily going to be getting pumped, the pumping of blood. Only what's necessary for you to run, push that energy to the heart, push that energy to the lungs, push that energy to the muscles so you can get away. Now, if your body stayed like that, your body will be out of alignment. But that's what we do when we stay angry, when we stay fearful, when we stay frustrated, when we stay dissatisfied, when we say stay depressed, when we stay resigned. Not only are we dealing with dealing with it mentally and vibrationally, we're literally uh, shifting the energy, the physical energy in our bodies. Our bodies are out of alignment with our good. All right, back to the book. Page 66. Your emotions are absolute indicators of your vibrational content. Therefore, they are the perfect re reflection of your current point of attraction. Your emotions will let you know how much you're attracting your good or not because you're feeling a certain kind of way about certain things. And you can tell when you walk up to people, and you'll say, hey, how are you doing? I'm fine. Okay, what's going on? Nothing. I said nothing. And you just look at them like, come on, man. Come on. Man. I can clearly see by your body language. I can see by the expression on your face that energetically something is off. At that point, their point of attraction isn't strong because they're not in alignment with their inner wholeness. The metaphysicians call the I am, the Christ, the perfect pattern, the word. All right. So when you start to pay attention to how you're feeling, how what emotions are coming up, they'll give you a good indicator of what you need to work on. So let me do a quick commercial really fast. We're going to take a break and then we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick commercial. So let me just go over a couple of quick things. One, this, this broadcast will be, this will be broadcast before my April 29th seminar at Christ Universal Temple. It's in person only. It's called Cultivating Your Oneness. And it's about visualization, visioning, uh, uh, Qigong, sound bath modalities. I'm going to be working on a mind-body experience to help people cultivate a consciousness of their oneness so they can demonstrate their good. We're going to be doing visualization on prosperity and health and many other things. Uh, expanding your good, raising your co consciousness, developing spiritual awareness, and then we're going to have the sound bath and the Qigong to support that process. That's April 29th at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, 11901 South Ashland Avenue. It's in person only, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, I would love to see you and help you get in alignment with your inner wholeness and your good. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, also, I'm going to be teaching a class starting May 17th in the Johnny Coleman Institute called Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time. It's a five-week course that will cover 
the pre-Easter Jesus. What does that mean? The historical Jesus, the man Jesus, not the Christ of faith, which is the post-Easter Jesus, what the church made of him in, in his interpretation of his life. I want to deal with what did he teach? What did it mean in his context, in his time? And how can that help us now? So hopefully, if you want to really do a, a drill down on Jesus from a historical perspective, not based upon uh, a fundamentalist perspective, a Catholic perspective, or even, even metaphysics, just straight who he was, what he taught from modern mainstream scholarship, but written for the average layperson. I think this class is going to be really good. It's only if you got to register by May, I believe fourteenth. Uh, you can register late, but it's a late registration fee of a couple of extra dollars. But the registration fee is only twenty dollars. I'm gonna take a love offer in every class. Five weeks. You have to buy your own book, which is Marcus Borg's book, "Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time." Marcus Borg, B-O-R-G. If you want to be a part of that, go to the Christ Universal Temple. Website, www.cutemple.org, C-U-T-E-M-P-L-E.org. Log on, and when you go on, click on classes, and then schedule the classes, and you'll find my class on Wednesday nights live, 6.30 to 8 p.m. Central Time. There's no recordings for the class, so if you're in the class, you have to be there live. All right? So that covers that. We're going to take this quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. to the book page 67 empty feeling is telling you something important all right they wrote when the fuel gauge on your vehicle indicates that the tank is empty you do not criticize the indicator you receive the information that it has offered you and you do something about it by adding more fuel to your tank similarly a negative feeling is an indicator that your current choice of thoughts has you offering a vibration that is so out of harmony with your source energy that you're currently disallowing your full connection to that energy stream. You could say your tank is approaching empty. Your emotions do not create, but they do indicate what you're currently attracting. So what it's really saying is this. You're not feeding it what it needs to be in alignment with your truth. You're not feeding your own mind. When I was a kid, I used to wake up in the morning and watch Sunday morning cartoons, often with my dad. He loved, he would watch the Super Friends with me and Scooby-Doo and all that stuff. And it was a commercial that would play between the cartoons. And I remember it was a song. And it would say, and the song would say, the character in the commercial would sing, you are what you eat. 
from your head down to your feet. And it would go on and on and explain how food turns into your body. Well, the thoughts you think turn into your consciousness at a conscious and subconscious level. You are what you think. You are what you feel. You are what you believe. This is why Johnny Coleman would say, you are the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. This is why Ernest Holmes wrote, change your thinking, change your life. Mm. You got to change your mind. You have to change your mind. So your feelings are letting you know what type of thoughts you've been thinking. I really want that to land. Your feelings will let you know what type of thoughts you've been thinking. You don't have to guess. How do you feel right now? How have you been feeling consistently? What is the normal way you feel about your, yourself, your life, your opportunities, about your relationships, about your money, about your health, about your community, about the world? How do you feel? Because that's telling you what type of thoughts you've been feeding. You are what you think. And images carry, can carry hundreds or thousands of words. So if you're holding certain images in your mind, those images are attraction points. Because it might take you hundreds or sometimes thousands of words to explain one image. So you're trying to explain something that you're seeing in your mind. And then you start to use words. You realize you could talk about for five minutes about something you only see in your mind. Or somebody asks you to explain something that you saw, like in a court of law. And you witness something. And then as you explain it, you might find out that it takes minutes to explain what you saw is one image or a series of images. So to hold an image is to hold an attraction point. This is why we have to be intentional about what we think. Because those thoughts turn into feelings and beliefs. Those thoughts turn into things that are, are attracted into our lives. Those thoughts produce, radiate, and attract. Attract. So they wrote it this way in the book. Replenish your connection by choosing better feeling thoughts. Those thoughts don't feel good. Think something else. You can say, well, who can feel good all the time? Well, can you just try most of the time? Can you try over 50% and just see how that works? Because here's, here's what we know. We can, we can only demonstrate up to our level of understanding. That's why Emmett Fox wrote, there's no such thing as unlimited. There's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. 
I like to say it this way. You can't outperform your own consciousness. All right. And you can't get something that you are not in alignment with in consciousness. It's just impossible. It's just impossible. Like literally, because that's universal law. If you want something, you have to have the consciousness of the thing. We'll never forget reading in Invisible Supply by Joe Goldsmith, who uh, Reverend Valerie McGee is going to be teaching in this upcoming semester, also in the Johnny Coleman Institute that starts on May 15th. The gist of a story he tells in the first chapter is how he was a very successful spiritual healer. He was a Christian science practitioner before uh, he went on his own and became uh, started the infinite way based upon his previous metaphysical understanding and his revelations that he felt as though God gave him directly. And anyway, he was a very successful spiritual healer, but he was broke, broke, broke as a joke, broke. And he was wondering why God was showing up so strongly as healing and not as money. And he thought, well, the scripture says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. He said, well, okay, what's going on here? And then he asked himself, what did I really know about God? And he said, you know, I know God is father. Jesus said that. God is law. Moses said that. God is principle. Uh, Mary Baker Eddy said that. And he started to realize that many of the concepts he had about God were based upon secondhand information. It's not what he knew. He did not know God as supply. Therefore, God couldn't, ex he couldn't experience God as supply because he didn't understand God as supply. He understood God as a, as a healer. So God used, so God could, I mean, I say God used, so he allowed himself to be used as a healer because his, his belief system allowed God to show up as divine life and health and vitality for other people through his consciousness, but he couldn't do it as the money. Whereas you have a Reverend Ike, for instance, who would boldly proclaim, I am money. And mean it to the core of his being. I am money. The money always showed up for him. I can remember going to dinner with Reverend Ike in probably about 22, 23 years ago now. Yeah, 22 years, I think. 22 years. And we're at the restaurant, me and a couple of other people. Uh, uh, the minister invited us, who wasn't a minister at that point. And <laughs> it's just still funny to me. How uh, Reverend Ike was saying a lot of different funny things uh, that I'm not going to share on this podcast. But one of the things was I asked him about his lesson feeling it's the blessing because it's my favorite Reverend Ike lesson. And he's taught it in various ways, on various old cassette tapes I bought in the 90s. And he went on into a 15 minute sermon right in the restaurant. We're in the Miami area. I think we were in. Uh, downtown Miami or Hollywood, Florida, which is very close to Miami. Uh, and, <laughs> and he realized that he, because he was so boisterous 
that the people around our table were listening to him answer my question about feeling it's the blessing. And again, 15 straight minutes without stopping, just dropping gym. And he looked around and he said, all these people are listening to my lesson. And he had, he was drinking some, um, he had some wine or champagne and he had the, the, the bottle in a, in a, in a container that had the ice. So he said, I had to dump this ice out of this bucket and take an offering in this restaurant. And we all, everybody at the table just laughed. But what it made me realize later on was Reverend Ike was always conscious of prosperity and the opportunity for prosperity to show up in his space. Are you open to prosperity and for how prosperity can show up in your space? Just allow that to land. I can remember when I was leaving, before we left, I asked him, um, uh, did he bring his Rolls Royce to the restaurant? Because he had a driver that was sitting, that was eating with us. And he said to me, which one, son? And I said, well, how many do you have? And he said, right now, I'm not sure. I've bought so many and I've sold so many and I have them in different locations uh, around the country. I'm not really sure right now. So when we walked out, his driver pulled up. In uh, a money green Rolls Royce, it opened up. It was it was it was beautiful, and he had pillows in the back seat, so, you know, because he was being chauffeured. And I said, "Can I take a picture of you getting in your Rolls Royce?" And he said, "Absolutely, son." And I, and I cherish that picture to this day. And I'm sharing this because Reverend Ike understood what the consciousness of prosperity looked like. So he was always aware of it. God is the source. God is my source. God is my abundant source. Prosperity is my birthright. And he and Reverend Coleman were like brother and sisters, like literally, literally. They love so much, so much. And, and you know, so he would show up. He, he would fly from New York to Chicago for Reverend Coleman's Wednesday services so he can just hear a prosperity lesson because he understood that when you're learning, you're always growing. And when you think you have it all, that's when the stagnation begins. So he would leave and go to the conference and go see the top speakers and ministers around the world because he was always working on his conscience. Reverend Coleman did the same thing. All right. You always have to grow. All right. Back to the book. Page 68, you have the ability to direct your own thoughts. You have the option of observing things as they are or of imagining them as you want them to be. And whichever option you choose, whether you are imagining or observing, is equally powerful. Now, when you're observing, you're like, okay, this is what I thought and this is what it's creating. Or you can say, you know what? I want to imagine something different. Like Neville Goddard teaches, you know, uh, imagining creates reality. Which if you go back, a couple of years, you'll see that I taught that on this podcast. You definitely want to get that. And I taught it under his uh, his book, The Law the Law and the Secret or something like that. I've taught so much stuff on this podcast over the last 11 years, but I, but I know that I taught, I've taught a few Neville Goddard series, and he's like the, the GOAT, greatest of all time when it comes to teaching about imagination. All right. 
back to the book. You have the ability to place your attention wherever you you decide. So it is possible to distract yourself from something unwanted and put your attention on upon something wanted. This is really the secret how Neville Goddard taught and then Reverend Ike simplified of the Jacob and Esau story getting blessed by Isaac. This is the feeling, it's the blessing story. Esau was the older brother, the old thought, the old belief. All right. Jacob, whose name in Hebrew means several things, but one of them is supplanter, is the new thought that supplants the old thought, the old feeling, the old belief. And the new thought gets blessed by the father, Isaac, in the story was blind, which means divine law is blind. The person who comes to divine law with the right thought that feels like the one that's entitled to the blessing gets the blessing. That's the process. All right. All right. Last thing I'm going to teach here for today. Page 69. uh, First full paragraph. He wrote, but when you are painfully aware of what you do, do not want, you are not in alignment with what you do want. In other words, it's good to know what you don't want. But but if that's what you're really focused on and paying attention to, and I love the words they use, painfully aware. That means you're not in alignment with what you do want. You got to put that energy on what you desire. It says when you desire something that you do not believe is possible, you're not in alignment. So not only do you have to shift, you have to believe that it's possible. Jesus used to say to people when they came up to heal for healings, do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes, Jesus, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Not according to Jesus's faith. According to your faith, be it done unto you. That's the allowing. The faith creates the possibility. I want you to get it. The faith creates the possibility. So, like I said before, I'm going to stop here. Uh, Next week, we'll cover chapter 14, maybe by itself, maybe not. I'm not sure yet. I'll know when I get there. And again, get the book, read along with me. Let's work it out. Let's develop and attract this good we desire because it's so much abundant good in this universe. and. When you have it and you're in a high spiritual state of consciousness, not only does it help you, it helps others. So develop your good, not just for you, but so but so you can be a blessing for the transformation of other people's lives. Just think about it. All right. With that, God bless you. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. God bless. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation 
and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 